Democrats must hold Republicans accountable and uphold Illinois as the leader it already is on the issues important to our community. I have traveled all around our state to help our fellow Republicans rescue Illinois from the leftist Governor Pritzker. He now wants to run for president. Are you kidding me? The state fair has come and gone, the first gubernatorial candidate forum is in the books, and the 2022 general election campaign is now fully underway. We'll have a look at what's ahead on this edition of Capital Cast. Hello and welcome to Capital Cast, a regular podcast of Capital News Illinois. I'm Peter Hancock, and I'm here today with our State House Bureau Chief Jerry Nowicki. We just heard from State Democratic Party Chairwoman Lisa Hernandez and Republican Party Chairman Don Tracy firing the opening salvos of the 2022 general election campaign. A lot of people think of Labor Day as the turning point when summer ends and the fall campaigns begin. But here in Illinois, it's really the state fair, which comes around in late August. Besides the funnel cakes, corn dogs, livestock shows, and music concerts, the political highlight of the fair comes on the day that each party sets aside to showcase their candidates. And that's where we started to see what the big themes are going to be in this election. Here's Governor J.B. Pritzker at a Democratic Party breakfast the morning of the Democrats' day at the fair. They want to distract us into believing that marriage equality, black history, Disney World, and library books are more of a threat to our children than AR-15s. They're attempting to divide America with hateful words and a radical agenda. Meanwhile, which party balanced the state budget for the last four years? Democrats! And here's the Republican gubernatorial nominee, State Senator Darren Bailey, speaking at the GOP day at the fair. Friends, our legislature keeps passing more and more radical legislation. They're interfering in our schools. They're raising our taxes. Our taxes are some of the highest in the country. Our legislators going soft on criminals to the point that they've made Chicago a hellhole, friends. Inflation is out of control. And so, Jerry, uh, those seem to be the two core messages in the governor's race so far. Uh, Both parties painting the other as extremists. Pritzker saying that with Democrats in charge, it's morning in America again. Uh, Bailey, on the other hand, painting some kind of a dystopian image of life in Illinois with crime being out of control, corruption running rampant on and on like that. Uh, both of these seem to be appealing to suburban voters. Um, what, what do you make of this? I don't know if that's going to be an appeal to suburban voters. I don't know how important, you know, crime is to some of the, uh, suburban voters, but I, I think Darren Bailey is his whole stance, uh, as you summed it up and, and, and as I included in some of my coverage from, uh, another forum they attended this week was it's just he he's painting things as a dire situation and it's going to be a challenge for him because the past four years uh any way you look at it at, at state government really it, it it operated more efficiently than the previous four years so 
um, what Bailey's really focusing on, and he said it in um, a forum I covered earlier this week. He said, um, the things that unite Illinoisans are crime, taxes, and schools in that order. So, you know, I, I, I don't know if the crime issue is something that's going to really rile everyone up uh, at the polls. There are, there are certainly people who are paying attention to it, but, you know, we'll see uh, when we get to November if it's an effective method. Well, I, I do remember one of the undercurrents uh, that was flowing through Republican Day at the fair, uh, and a lot of reporters were asking questions about this. Other, pe- other Republicans on the ballot are not quite as dark as Darren Bailey, and Bailey has made some comments calling Chicago a hellhole numerous times. I think later he referred to it as, likened it to the OK Corral. Um, Other Republicans on the ballot aren't quite that uh, dark. And there's some question about whether or not the Republicans can stay unified. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you interviewed uh, leader Jim Dirk, and I had some time with him as well. He's from Western Springs, the House Republican leader, and he said, you know, we have to focus on the economic state of things, inflation, gas prices. He said that's what got people fed up. Um, if the top of the ticket would talk about it more, he think that would be beneficial. So, you know, th- there's a lot of hesitancy to even mention Darry's, Darren Bailey's name uh, in other parts of the ticket. And so uh, what about on the Democratic side? What, what are some of the other big themes that we're hearing there? It's just the, the fact that state government has gotten things done over the past four years. Uh, whether you like those things is going to be going to largely determine how you vote. But they have gotten things done, like the budget. I mean, just it was just 2017 that they ended the impasse. And um, the fact that you have four state budgets doesn't seem like an accomplishment, but in Illinois it is. So, And then the other thing, I think one of the big things, and I keep saying this over and over again, is the fact that there's... $45 billion uh, going to infrastructure in the state, roads, bridges, ports, airports, all types of modes of transportation, public transportation. Uh, that's Pritzker has a news conference, it seems like, every week where he's in different parts of the state saying, you know, this project paid for by state and matching funds and whatever, and Darren Bailey voted against all of the parts, parts of that infrastructure bill from funding to spending. So... Um, that's one of the major things Pritzker really wants the voters to know. Okay, and you mentioned the uh, candidate forum uh, that you went to earlier this week, uh, sponsored by Illinois Farm Bureau. It was at a farm outside the city of Lexington, which is sort of northeast of Bloomington. Um, Surprisingly, to me at least, was one of the uh, most frequently asked questions up there uh, had to do with energy policy. Both Governor Pritzker and Senator Bailey uh, made a few missteps when talking about energy policy. Uh, But more broadly, why do you think that's such a big issue with farmers and with downstate voters more generally? Well, for starters, that's sort of coal and gas country, for one. And uh, for two, that's also where you're seeing a lot of these windmills pop up and a lot of solar farms. And you'll talk to a lot of farmers that just don't like the fact that um, maybe at a neighboring farm or something, uh, these their, the earth is now, um, in their minds, polluted by these uh, 
whatever's in the windmills and the concrete bases that go into them. So there's a little bit of animosity. Also what it does with the landscape um, regarding wind farms and, and whatnot. But um, also it takes a lot of energy uh, sometimes to run a farm and energy prices are going up, uh, not necessarily due to Sija, but because of the, the state of the way things are as the, uh, under the uh, regional transmission organization for Southern Illinois, because it doesn't have the uh, nuclear um, resources that are available up north. Yeah, you're right. Farmers are big consumers of energy, uh, no matter what kind of farm you're operating. You know, whether it's diesel fuel for your tractor or combine or just the electricity that it takes uh, to run any kind of livestock operation. So clearly that is a big issue with them. Um, more specifically, though, I remember there was a question uh, focusing on the use of eminent domain to put in uh, certain kinds of renewable energy projects. Uh, can you kind of talk about what is in the bill and then what did people say, what did the candidates say about it? Yeah, eminent domain is sort of this concept where the uh, government can take land for public purposes uh, with compensation. Right. And the only negotiating power the, the homeowner has is to determine what they're going to be paid for it. So um, there was nothing in CJA that gave, say, counties eminent domain power to say, you know, we're taking this portion of your land, Mr. Farmer, to put a wind farm or solar farm. Nothing like that. But it did contain a section of the bill that allowed this uh, transmission line, the Grain Belt Express, which you know a little bit more about its its Western um, uh, history. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's a power line that would extend from southwest Kansas uh, all the way across Kansas, across Missouri, through Illinois, uh, carrying wind-generated power uh, from Kansas to the eastern United States. And it's transmitted over what's called a direct current line as opposed to an alternating current line. Uh, but in order to get it there, they need to stretch their wires uh, across a lot of farmland. And so I guess in this bill, uh, the Grain Belt Express and the operators of that would have the power of eminent domain uh, to get uh, rights of way to go across uh, farmer's right. land. And the reason it's a big deal is because it's a private company, not a public utility, but um, the, the law deems that it shall be deemed a public use line uh, within the counties of Pike, Scott, Green, Macoupin, Montgomery, Christian, Shelby, Cumberland, and Clark. So just a bit south of the Springfield area. Uh, and I know, I've covered some of these not only here, uh, but also back in Kansas. And Eminent domain just rubs farmers the wrong way. I mean, it just is one of those things that sets off alarm bells in their minds. Right. So the problem with what Pritzker contended is he said, oh, Darren Bailey lied. Uh, eminent domain language was not included in CJA. So the understanding is that maybe Pritzker, you know, I don't want to make any explanations for him, but what he said was he heard eminent domain and, and uh, there's no portion in which the government can, the, in CJA, that gives the government greater eminent domain authority, although this private company now has it. Okay. And then lurking in the background, uh, as you've reported, there are concerns in downstate Illinois uh, about the reliability of the power grid that's uh, operated by the 
mid-continent, help me out here. Mid-continent independent systems operator. Or MISO, uh, whether or not they're able to acquire enough energy uh, to fully power the grid during peak demand periods. Um, Darren Bailey said something about this, saying uh, that there had been brownouts in certain parts of the state. Uh, first of all, is that true? There's been nothing I've been able to find, and I, I even reached out to MISO, and they said everything's been operating uh, without loss of power uh, this summer. So, And I reached out to the energy cooperative, uh, too, that, had, uh, that serves the area, which he contended the uh, brownouts had occurred and they had nothing of the sort. So no, there's, there's, there haven't been brownouts the, uh, due to the capacity auctions. It's a pretty complicated process, but essentially they, uh, MISO procures capacity and there was a shortfall this year. It ended up increasing, uh, per their analysis, it ended up increasing the likelihood of a uh, loss of energy load um, or loss of load expectation from about 0.1 day per year to 0.179. So not a great increase, but there was a shortage uh, in available capacity. Okay, and then more broadly, I think what the message is here that it's that CJA, broadly speaking, calls for the eventual decommissioning of coal and gas-fired plants and replacing them with renewable energy. Um, and there seems to be this message that it's because of that that we no longer have a reliable power grid. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how true that is? Yeah, so Siege's decommissioning portions don't really go into effect in full full capacity until 2045. That would be all, all fossil fuel emitters would have to be online by then, although our, there are some portions of that bill that if it's if it shows grid reliability lacks because of that they they can push those dates back um illinois regulators that is but um in terms of the shortage we're seeing now it's not caused by cja that's been pretty well documented but um there have been fossil fuel plants going offline in other states wasn't that part of the deal right that's that's uh, uh, there was a long committee hearing in May where that was that was sort of brought to the attention of lawmakers. But you know, coal is going to go out here, and they're they're not going to have any uh, coal and natural gas. That is, they're not going to have incentives at this point to get on the grid. So the question is, how quickly can you get some of the renewables out there? Um, and this isn't just CJA; it's it's a sort of economic thing. It's expensive to burn coal, uh, natural natural gas, a little bit less expensive, but. Um, the economics are driving that way. Siege is probably going to accelerate it. So it's a matter of how quickly the renewables can get on the grid. Okay. And here, just in the last couple of minutes, of course, uh, there are more elections than just the governor's race. Uh, one thing we'll be keeping an eye on is the Secretary of State's race. Democrat Alexei Janulius and Republican Dan Brady, uh, state representative from the Bloomington area, are squaring off there. This is the only open seat for a statewide elected office. Uh, and I think Republicans are really kind of uh, pinning a lot of hope on that one. Uh, do you think they have much of a chance here? You know, I don't want to speculate on that, but I, I think they certainly view it as the case that they have a shot at that race. And Dan Brady's really trying to stick to the issues. Um, uh, whereas Janulius would really like to tie him to the top of the ticket in Darren Bailey. But um, I think 
Brady's going to try to evade as best he can on that. And then in legislative races, I guess one of the more interesting things was, uh, and we heard uh, Leader Jim Durkin talking about this, Republicans have candidates in 106 out of 118 districts, which is a record for them. Uh, They're really looking to hopefully pick up some seats in what many people, uh, up until recently at least, assumed was going to be a big Republican year. Yeah, I think there was a lot of optimism in that regard, uh, and there was, and that's maybe why they don't want to say Darren Bailey's name too much. You know, you call Chicago a hellhole; it gets pretty controversial. So they're really f- trying to focus on the economic issues. Okay, well, we're going to leave it at that for this week on Capital Cast. Capital Cast is a production of Capital News Illinois, a statehouse reporting project of the Illinois Press Foundation. Until next time, this is Peter Hancock with Jerry Nowicki saying stay safe and thank you for listening.